Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... The challenge is that the rest of the world, a lot of people are talking about giving female founders more funding, but actually in practice, when you pitch a female founder's technology venture or something against others, because we're more focused on, I guess, impact-driven type businesses, it just gets less attention. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 411 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to initiatives and enterprises causing positive transformation locally and globally. Today, we're speaking with Sissy Ma. Sissy is the founder and managing director of Grow and Sell Your Biz, a one-stop shop helping clients raise capital and buy and sell their businesses, connecting to the right investors and partners with the right businesses. She leads diverse transactions between 2 million to 500 million, including edutech, regtech, fintech, adtech, healthtech, AI, climate tech, and prop tech as well as education and manufacturing companies. During her 20 plus years as a senior executive for large corporations, she led $17 billion of mergers and acquisition deals across 20 plus industries. She's a mentor with Inspiring Rare Birds, River City Labs, Brisbane Business Hub, Mentoring for Growth, Business in Heels, CPA Australia, Mentor Walks, UQBEL, Export Council of Australia, APAC Women's Mentoring Circle. Sissy speaks regularly on the international stage from the US, China, Hong Kong, Australia, and New Zealand. She's a well sought after expert on topics such as diversity, mentoring, leadership, capital raising, as well as buying and selling businesses. And on today's episode, we'll discuss how Sissy's experience in investment, mergers, and acquisitions globally has shaped her career and how she's contributing to supporting female entrepreneurs as well as impact-led ventures. Sissy, thank you so much for joining us today. Could you please just share a little bit about your background and what's led you to where you are today? Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. I saw the people that you interviewed in the past. I feel like I'm not really there but I got the invite, so I'm here. So I really appreciate the invite. My background, I've been in Australia 32 years now and basically started in a professional career in corporate finance, I think about 27 years ago. And I've been doing a lot of large scale transactions in mergers and acquisitions and buy and sell businesses and both the buy and sell sites have done quite a few transactions. And I think maybe mentioned the $17 billion number, and it's obviously increasing on a daily basis. 
when you work for a large organization, you actually sometimes feel like there are things I wanted to do. I want to make a bigger impact, but there are various politics in the organization or some organizational guidelines that make it that you can't really do it. What actually triggered for me to start my own business, grow and sell your biz, was the last role I had uh, as an employee was actually uh, the head of M&A for a, a very large uh, Chinese accounting firm that actually started their new business here in Australia. And they had a threshold of $10 million for any business. So basically, if a business have a revenue of 10 mil above, then they can help. And if it's below 10 mil, then you can't. So a lot of people came to me to say, hey, can you help us? We're growing our business. We're starting our business. We've got a really great product, but we are not $10 million yet. Can you help? And I have to say no, because there is a criteria that the organization have put there. So I really wanted to help these people because some of them are working on uh, climate technology. Others are working on health technology, education technology and things like that, that I think would really help from my perspective is the, the impact, how much impact they might actually have on the, the world. I started my own business back in 2018, and, and here I am five years later, I'm increasingly more focused on whatever client I take on and always make sure that the client is aligned with the value and all the clients I have are impact-driven. Yeah, so this is where I am right now. Amazing. And I think you've sort of touched on this already that you've in your business, you work with impact-led enterprises, but also in the other investment spaces. Could mm-hmm. you talk into that, the yeah. uh, investment work, and more into what drives you? Mm-hmm. The business that I, I'm in is really helping businesses to grow by getting them the right investors and partners and then exit down the road if they want to sell. And so in selecting the businesses that I can help for to, to grow their businesses, I would actually look at the businesses to say, is this a business that will make a positive impact on the world? What drives me is by doing that, I'm actually making a positive impact by helping my clients making the positive impact. Basically, all of that is impact investment. For example, I'm helping education technology clients to improve uh, schools across Australia in helping uh, students to learn better. There's a number of UN SDGs that this particular technology client actually covers. So I also look at investments to say, hey, is that an area that actually will be detrimental to the welfare and the impact of the world? For example, if I actually had some businesses, quite a few businesses presented to me on the online gambling, for example. It's a great business from a ROI perspective, return on investment perspective, but that's not an area that I wanted to get involved in. So I always say no to that kind of investment. For personally, I always say no to anything connected with drugs and obviously tobacco and things like that, you know, negative things that I would not invest in. I define what projects that I get involved in by what sort of impact would the project have on the world. Yeah, sure. 
And I'm curious, as a female leader in that purpose-led business space, can you share with us any challenges or opportunities that you're seeing right now? Yeah, certainly. I'm sure that you've mentioned that I'm one of the inaugural activators of uh, Coralus uh, slash CEO in Australia and since 2018 pretty much and see investments in female tech companies or female founded companies universally it's under three percent which is just quite abysmal the challenge for us is to change not just only the number of uh, the actual value of investments and the number of startups that uh, female founders have and that get funded but it's a whole overall framework thing and it's systems change in Corliss we're doing it uh, from a ground up we're trying to make it so that it's a new framework it is going from one country to the other and just grow organically the challenge is that the rest of the world a lot of people are talking about giving female founders more funding but actually in practice when you pitch a female founder's technology venture or something against others, because we're more focused on, I guess, impact-driven type businesses, it just gets less attention. And because there are less female VCs as well out there, and so it just doesn't get the same level of attention and uh, future focus as well. I guess the opportunity is that we can only get better, right? <laughs> Every day we can get better from 3% to 4% to 5% and we want to be 50%. It's a long way to go, but we need to start doing something so that it will get there. I can see there are more and more female-focused funds out there from a government's perspective, from a private equity perspective, venture capital, et cetera. I'm still yet to be convinced that enough is being done. It's definitely, there's a, a lot more opportunity for us to focus on that. I see that everyone is talking about it. That's definitely a good thing, right? Where you can't, you, you, what's the word? You can't be what you can't see, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is lots of progress and a long way to go. A long way to go. On top of that, as a female from an Asian background, I know there is a double whammy as well. I don't know if you heard about the bamboo ceiling for people with an Asian background. There is a, a bamboo ceiling. It was, I think, was coined by a US lady back in 1995. So it's been around for a very long time, but still in the Western world, a lot of people don't know about it. Basically, we're saying that, for example, in Australia, we have about 12% of people in Australia that actually has a, an Asian background. But when you look at the top level executives, there's only less than two or three percent. And in the judiciary, it's, I think they said it's 0.3 percent of the judiciary had an Asian background. It's getting better. This year, we had quite a number of Asian politicians who got voted in. And this is the first time that they actually had that many Asian politicians in the parliament. I'm actually, I've been invited to speak on the Asian Australian business leadership and women leadership, et cetera, in Canberra next month about this particular topic. 
which is really interesting because I think it's not just the female side. It's also the Asian background. We all think oh, our English is a second language and therefore our English is not good enough. In the culture for Asians, we always think that we just head down and do our work and it will get noticed. But in the Western world, if you don't talk about what you do, people don't know about it, right? And so you won't get that are promoted. There's almost a parallel as well. When you hear people say about, okay, if there is a job, the female will think they need to do 10 out of 10 to apply for it, and men will do two out of 10, and they will still apply for it. But for an Asian lady, they have to do 12 out of the 10 to apply for it. <laughs> I'm just exaggerating a bit. But that is the reality that as Asian leaders, we really need to help the, the Asian people in Australia to break out their shell and break out the, the bamboo city. Thank you for mm. sharing that. Yeah. Mm, that's all right. And I think you probably, I don't know how many, like this is uh, what number, numbers? 411. Yeah, tell yeah. Maybe you can do a, a count as to how many Asians were on this particular uh, on the episodes, I, I haven't checked it, but I would say it would be much less than 12% <laughs> as in the population. <laughs> quite possibly, quite yeah, possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure. Mm. What are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across lately that you think are making an amazing difference? All the projects that I take on, I think are really making a huge impact. For example, this climate technology one that I'm working on, we know that in carbon credits, for example, there is a lot of greenwashing and uh, the carbon credits are not what they seem to be. And some of the carbon credits has to be forfeited. And this particular startup that I'm helping, basically, they've worked on a MRV technology that is so much better. It's the world's best. I know that all startups say that they're the world's best. Um, but these guys have got just being like Microsoft, for example, have uh, written a story on them on Microsoft's website. And the CEO of Microsoft talked about them as one of the upcoming climate technology in their annual tech forum late last year. And they were they presented that aim for climate, which is basically the U.S. Department of Agriculture invitation only forum where Al Gore actually spoke about them as well. They had ministers from 40 countries, the ministers of agriculture from 40 countries there talking about climate change and what people are doing about climate change. And these guys basically presented there. They had their own keynote and demonstration, etc., and as a result, they got invited to COP28 to present later this year. Really quite exciting stuff. And what they could do is that they, if they grow as quickly as they're anticipating, they would take out something like, I can't remember, maybe something like 40 million tons of carbon out of the atmosphere in the next few years. That's their climate impact. It's not going to be enough, but what they're doing, and they're basically measuring the carbon that's in the, the soil. It's soil carbon measurement. And then they pay the farmers up front so that they can actually do the regeneration and regen farming. And then 
they have the money to actually work on it. And then the actual benefit will result as a result in a couple of years time, they can work it out as well. They're basically looking at all the issues that people are having with this type of carbon credits, measurement, et cetera, and dealing with them one-on-one and having technology that actually deals with it, that sort of solves it so much better than what the traditional technology there is. Um, Can you uh, let us know what their name is? Yeah, it's a, it's actually an Aust- a Brisbane company called Carbon Asset Solutions. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. We'll make sure it's in the show notes so that people can have yeah. a look. Yeah, there's a lot of others, uh, you know, we do um, working on a mental health app that actually is helping veterans with their mental health issues or PTSD. And there are a lot of veterans, there's a huge number of veterans out there who has got PTSD that's undiagnosed. And all the ones who's got PTSD and not actually properly treated, et cetera, when they did the the launch last year, they actually helped save one of the uh, veterans from suicide because the veteran was feeling really down and they they basically did this on their app, the, the red button, which then sent notices to three of his close friends. And those vets as well, who then went to his home and found him and saved him from now. He's actually on Facebook playing the guitar and all better now. That's wonderful. Those are the type of things that are solving problems. I guess there are others out there, but it's really who can actually help them. And they've basically looked at all the things that needs to be done and treated it that way and work with veterans to actually work on it yeah yeah great other things yeah fantastic and lastly just wondering if there's any books or resources that you would recommend to our listeners yes I went and looked at the books that I'm reading and they're all a bit business very business related exit strategy and this is a M&A business private equity playbook this one is a blue ocean strategy that one oh, there yeah. I haven't finished it because it's very detailed have you read it yeah I've lo- looked at some of the tools and resources before mm, yeah so and I think the very first one I read many years ago is the seven habits Stephen covers seven habits of successful people or something like that. I think it still applies nowadays. I always remember one of the first things is start with the end in mind. And that is so true still nowadays with anything. I'm presenting to Export Council of Australia in pitch training for them. And I, at the beginning of the slide, I'd say start with the end in mind. Think about who you're presenting to. What is the outcome that you want to get to at the end when the audience get your pitch what do you want them to learn what the outcome to be so that's the very good thing about that book mm, agree. just so many books and resources I think mm-hmm. absolutely Sissy, mm. thank you so much for your generous time and insights and the ongoing mentoring that you do with so many community groups organizations and women keeping that percentage rising across (laughs) Australia and across the world we really appreciate the work that you do so thank you thank you very much Sarah and I really appreciate the invite 
Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.